It's time for The Rush with Butkus Award winner Teddy Lehman and Tyler McComas. Got an opinion? You can call the show on the Riverwind Casino call-in line at 405-329-9000. Sound off on the Air Comfort Solutions text line at 405-651-3439. Live from the Brown O'Haver Studios, it's time for The Rush with Butkus Award winner Teddy Lehman and Tyler McComas. And when I woke up this morning, I was feeling pretty dangerous. <laughs> I have to expand on that. I just woke up feeling real dangerous. <laughs> oh, what do I always tell you, Tyler? Oklahoma is the center of the sports world. Oh, I thought you were going to say there's always an awkward media laugh at every single press conference. <laughs> well, <laughs> <laughs> this is a pretty bad one. Uh, well, that was actually a funny statement though, right? Yeah, but like well, let's let's see here. I feel like that was you over July 4th weekend. Someone telling you uh somewhat funny you're trying to give them the courtesy laugh and that comes out. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that happens every now and then. Uh, wow. Baker Mayfield, Carolina, USC, UCLA, Big Ten. Oh, you snubbed on the Big 12 preseason list? Outside of the punter, of course. Yeah. But you know what it looks like? It looks like a... Golly, all those years ago when you were playing, it's hard to remember back that, that far, but uh, oh, nice. all those years ago when you were playing, OU's <laughs> appearance on this list looks like Baylor's back in the day, where they have no first-teamer on offense, no first-teamer on defense, but by God, they had a great punter, and that would be the all-Big uh, 12 preseason punter. That's now, what it looks like. Say what you will about Lincoln Riley, but... Uh, one of his best lines of all time was whenever he was asked about no guys being on, what, the first team, all Big 12 that one year, and he said, huh, surprised we didn't win a game. Yeah, it was uh, right before the Big 12 championship against Iowa State, I think. That's right, and Iowa State was all over yeah. that list. Uh, yeah, it's amazing, really, whenever most people are going to pick you to win the conference, but... At least I think, and sounds like you think as well, like, the list comes out tomorrow, and I'm going to guess that OU is going to be the pick to win the Big 12. I don't think it's going to be unanimous like it was, I think, two years ago, you know? I think that it's actually going to be pretty close between OU and Baylor, but I still think that they're number one, and the only guy you put on that list is the punter, um, is, is interesting. I don't think it's an SEC bias though here. Um, I know the text line is all up in that, but Texas had what three, four guys on the uh, on the first team list here. What does it speak to though? Is it just the uncertain uncertainty of both sides of the ball? Not the uncertainty of whether they're going to be good or not, but the uncertainty of who the playmakers on both sides are going to be. Is that it? I mean, it's got to say something. Well, um. You know, it's actually interesting. Do you, even though, like, whenever you look at it as a whole, the only guy that's on there is the punter, which should be. But do you really have that big of a beef with the list? 
I, look, I, I know that he was the All Big Twelve quarterback last year, but seeing Spencer Sanders there makes me say, like, eesh, if that's the best the conference right. has to offer, it's going to be a tough year at quarterback. Yeah, I get that, um, and that one, that's. I guess it's it's honestly kind of hard to. I mean, depending on on what we we say, this thing is. Is it a is it a who's earned the preseason honors or is a is it a, a projection of what you think the postseason is going to be? Well, if it's a projection of what you think the postseason is going to be, then I'd put Dylan Gabriel on. Sure, as would I. If it's a you've earned this from what you did last year type of thing, then you know I. I guess it's kind of Spencer Sanders is there. I still probably wouldn't put him on there, but it is a, it is kind of a, a unique. It, it's a weird way to put. Uh, you shouldn't be able to do a preseason award list. Is basically yeah, I yeah, guess yeah, what yeah, I'm saying. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. I mean, if you're doing it off of what you did last year, well, you already had that. That's what the All Big Twelve list is for. Last year, well, so and then why why does Texas have you know so much more representation than OU? It wasn't a great year by right. uh, you know by OU standards last year, but Texas was five and seven. So. Right. Well, I... at the end of the day, it's really not that big of a deal. I mean, we'll get you know frustrated by it, it's content, whatever. But I I am wondering though. Will it or can it be used as motivation throughout the offseason? Like, we think that it will. Oh, no this will doubt. just make them mad now. But in the reality of inside the walls, will that be used as motivation? No doubt. Use anything you can for motivation. Um, I mean, that, that's like that's a, a nonstop process of uh, finding things to be upset, offended about, to – to will you to you know work harder, be angrier, um, prepare better, all of those things. So, I mean, I, I don't have really much of a beef with any of the other picks. I just I think that by the end of the year, there's not going to be a doubt that Oklahoma is going to be sure. well represented on the list, and. You know, some of the, the spots where, right, whenever you look at running back, Deuce Vaughn, Bijan Robinson, no brainers, right? Yeah, I'm good with that. If somehow Oklahoma found a way to have a representative on that position group, something big has happened. You look at the, like, these three wide receivers, I think are the best three in the conference Xavier Hutchinson, Quentin Johnston, and Xavier Worthy. I think those guys, one, two, three, amazing wide receivers. I, and I'm fine with that. I, I would bet, though, that not those aren't your three guys at the end of the year because it is so predicated on what type of quarterback play that you have this year. Right. Maybe Iowa State will end up having an upgrade uh, after Brock Purdy's left. Hunter Deckers is their quarterback this right. year. We'll see about what happens at TCU. But, yeah, I – I think if not Dylan Gabriel, people are most upset about Marvin Mims, but I, I think Mims has a great chance to be there. If, and if not Marvin Mims, I, I think there's two other guys probably on this roster that you say has a decent right. chance to be there at the end of the year. If you if we crack a guy onto that list of those three wide receivers right there, 
something really nice has happened with our offense. I'll tell you right now, I think Quentin Johnston at TCU may lead the country in receiving this year. As much as they're going to air it out, you know, and we know how – we saw him go to work last year. He Uh, had a great game against OU. That's that's for sure. He's he's amazing. He's going to be a, you know, top 15 type of draft pick guy. Offensive line – I you know you can't really ma- you can't make a case for any of our guys based off of anything that we've seen to be on this list. But by the end of the season, I predict that we're going to have probably multiple guys there. I I don't think that's a, a stretch at all. Same thing whenever you look defensively. I don't know, I don't think necessarily there's anyone defensively that deserves a spot on the list. However, I'd be shocked if by the end of the season we don't have multiple representatives on here. Yeah. Uh, text line, if we go 7-5 and five or 6-6 six and six next year, will we be picked number one in the 2023 preseason? That seems to be the trend. <laughs> that is true. Go 7-5 and five with yeah. a bowl win over someone where you spank a really bad football team. I'm thinking like Texas beating – a bad Colorado team in the Alamo Bowl. Oh, God, buddy. They're back. Here they come. That does seem to be the trend. Yeah. Peyton says, uh, I think that the preseason Big 12 stuff is funny. We had like 15 people with honors last year, and that didn't work out very well. Yeah. It's it's a weird it's a weird thing. Uh, I, I guess it's just something to kind of give a, um, a nod to some of the players about you know what's kind of expected. Maybe it's to to get some a little bit of fanfare, interested in some of the different names across the conference. Maybe after some of the older players have cycled out, and gone to the NFL. I don't know. It's it's a really weird thing to do to announce a preseason uh, All Big Twelve and award winners list. Do you get a plaque for that? I actually think that you get like some sort of a trophy. You've, I think that's a real thing. You've been voted newcomer of the year, even though you may not play a snap the entire season. Here's your here's your plaque. Just Congratulations, gonna, you've done nothing. It's going to end up in the trunk of uh, Bijan's Lambo, just laying back there in the back. <laughs> so it's not going to be that big of a deal. Uh, I was going to say next to the spare tire, but is a uh, does a Lambo you think even have a spare tire available? Well, I know it doesn't have a trunk. Do, don't they call it like a boot? The front. Trunk? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, and how much would a new tire uh, for a Lambo cost? Uh, just just uh, saying. Ten grand. Ten grand. Watch, watch, watch the curbs there, Bijan. That's all I'm saying. Could be a rough ride. Uh, let's see. The, the preseason list is more of an indictment on last year's horrible coaching than it is the talent on the roster. Mims caught 30-something passes. Our entire secondary played out of position for most of the year, but we will still have players. Yeah. Yep. Well, it is true. Um, you know, defensively, we, because of injury and stuff, we had to move multiple guys around in the secondary. No one was really um, comfortable in a in a position for a very extended, very long extended amount of time. There's definitely truth to that. The offensive situation was fascinating. Whenever Radler goes down and Caleb Williams takes over, it kind of threw the whole thing into, into a real weird groove that they never got into because he 
Couldn't really pick apart defenses, and if it wasn't there on first look, tuck it and run with it. It was a weird offense last year, not what we were used to, but it kind of had been trending that way. So, no, I I think all of these techs so far are correct in one form or another. We got to get to Bob Stoops coming up next segment. Yeah. But before we do that, if I give you an over-under, will you give me an honest answer? Promise? Yeah, sure. Okay. The number is $500. Mm-hmm. Over-under uh, what you spent on fireworks this past weekend. Over. Oh! oh that was an easy over, too. <laughs> I was like, yeah, no, it was a little... No, that was that well over $500. Yeah, wow. it, was, it was well over. Now, uh, I'll give you an over-under on how long the fireworks show lasted. Six minutes. Uh, I'm going to say... You're a big grand finale guy mm-hmm. when it comes to fireworks, of course. I'm going to say that it was uh, slightly under. Yes! Slightly under six and a half. You nailed it. You <laughs> nailed it. About a, uh, $150 an hour, or $150 a minute, uh, Teddy's fireworks show. Yeah, more, more than that. But, uh, hey, here's my theory on fireworks shows. Let's light them all at one time because this – we're a very short attention span uh, population right now. You got to keep it at five minutes. Sorry, I was looking at my phone when you said that. What were you saying? <laughs> uh, do we have anything to talk to Coach Stoops about? Or yeah, I got to ask him if he played any bocce ball in Ohio last week. I mean, we've got so much college football stuff. Um, we've got the the Baker Mayfield trade to to Carolina. There's so many things to to catch up with Coach Stoops on because it was a it was a really weird time to have an extended holiday when there was so much college football news going yeah. on. Oh, I, I love too that every time you check Twitter, it's like, well, the Pac-12's in deep discussions for a friends with benefits offer with the ACC. Well, the Pac-12 and the Big 12 might merge together, but watch out for Oregon potentially being interested in the SEC. It's like, dang, are they going to end up in the CFL with everyone that they're flirting <laughs> with at this point? Oregon has uh, moved directly to the USFL. Um, yeah, it, it's been crazy. And we saw some of this go down last year. Is there's so many reports. There's so many theories and, hey, this could work type of things that get thrown out there that it just runs wild. Well, I heard that, you know, Oregon's going to the ACC. It's just you can't really keep up with any of it. The only real thing you can do – is you, you can talk about what has has been announced officially, and then you just kind of play with some ideas that you think things could go. And really, from what we've seen over the last year, things could go pretty much anywhere. Yeah, they can. So Except Notre Dame, they'll just hang out for the next couple of years. Everyone asks them, you got to join a conference. They're like, yeah, do we, do we though? I think we're good. I have kind of hanging out. You know – Ego's a hell of a thing, and it is for all of us, right? There's Ego will make you do some really weird things. And like spend wh- $800 on fireworks. Like spend $800 <laughs> on fireworks or buy a Lamborghini that, uh, according to the text line, doesn't even have a spare tire. Um, but to purposely uh, miss out on – Tens 
of millions of dollars yearly just so you can say that you're an independent it's pretty amazing. is one of the strangest ego things I believe I've ever seen. Uh, fantastic. I, part of me hopes that someone in South Bend is slamming their face against their desk as the decision has been reached that we're going to stay independent and we're going to turn our nose up at that $100 million a year from the Big Ten, right? That's that's what I envision right now. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. We got Coach Stoops joining us next. Stay with us. It is the rush on the ref. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman. We are inside the Brown O'Haver studio on this Wednesday. Hope to catch up with Bob Stoops here momentarily. He was in Ohio last week. Uh, he is in Chicago today. Ah. So it's, yeah, he was in France a few weeks ago. It's been the summer of Bob Stoops so far, which I don't awesome. blame him, man. You know, um, why not? You spent all those years as a head coach grinding it away and, Gainesville, Florida, and Manhattan, Kansas, Norman, Oklahoma, uh, Kent State as well, right, was his first job. So, yeah, hopefully we'll catch up with him shortly. You think he was one of those uh, fans out there at the Cubs-Brewers game uh, throwing fisticuffs um, as the, uh, the little rivalry unfolded there? Probably not. But – Fun times. This is the time of the year to go to Chicago. It, it is. And let's go to Chicago right now. Bob Stoops joins us. Bob, good to talk to you. How was uh, Ohio last week? And did you dominate in some bocce ball? Yeah, it was a great, uh, great week. Uh, spent time with family. Had a nephew getting married. I'm at that age. I got a niece or nephew getting married every summer. So, uh, so it was awesome. Had a great time. And, uh, yeah, and then uh, the uh, – fundraiser bocce tournament only in Youngstown you'd get 400 people to have a fundraiser playing bocce for your high school and uh, it was awesome great food great fun a bunch of family and friends around so we had a great time it's been wild the last couple of weeks with college football has been an avalanche of news and you know I guess some of it news some of it speculation it's pretty crazy. Uh, USC, UCLA headed to the Big Ten. Now, as a guy that played in the Big Ten, it, how weird is that to think about a couple of California schools, uh, at, you know, at least right now, maybe there's more to come from the Pac-12, but as you see it right now, USC, UCLA going to be in the Big Ten. That's pretty wild. Yeah, very different. Um, I'd say, hey, have have fun late November going up to Camp <laughs> Randall and or into Ann Arbor with the, the weather. But um, you get used to it when you play up there. But uh, in the end, you know what? It's just like, you know, OU and Texas leaving for the SEC. Very little stays the same forever. And uh, this is the way things are evolving. And uh, I get it. You know, the, the bottom line, these – you know, these conference TV contracts and the money they're going to pay or not pay, and or can you fill your stadiums up? You know, I know for us at OU, making sure that we're going to have 80,000-plus uh, uh, sold out and sweet sky suites sold out every weekend and bringing that, those dollars to town every weekend is a big deal. And you have to ensure that for the next, you know, 
30, 40 years, and I think that's what people are doing when they're, when they're making these moves. I don't know what the talk is in Chicago right now or if uh, you've been in, in any of those just people around talking about Notre Dame, but do, do you have a feeling one way or the other if Notre Dame's going to join the Big Ten and other conference or stay independent? Uh, I don't. Uh, you know, I'm uh, I my buddy uh, working with Fox, Brady Quinn, I think has, has a big, uh, you know, has a good, you know, temperature on that and uh he he has explained to me the value of being independent for notre dame and and once i visited with him about it i got that i get it i do believe obviously they fit perfectly in the big 10 and location and everything else but you know that you know listening to him and talk about their the importance of being independent i get it and you know they're one of those you know schools that can do it I think it probably will just get down to what the TV dollars are, you know, with uh, their opportunities that wave on their own, independent, and or what would it look like if they joined the Big Ten? I think overall that's what ends up mattering the most. That just what I what I think about it. I don't know if that's true or not. Uh, yeah, I I think that's right. I mean, that's that's kind of. Seems like the the decision they've always had to make, and boy, as those. TV contracts, and they're talking about the new Big Ten possibly getting up to $80, $90 million a school a year for their for their TV rights. That, that decision's getting more and more difficult for Notre Dame. So, as a head coach, how much involvement, if any, do, do you have in stuff like this? I remember whenever there was, you know, that first round of conference realignment – took place and there was there was talks about maybe the uh, some schools going to the Pac-12 from the Big 12 I, I are you, how how much involved is a head coach on all that or is that is that kind of just above with the administration and what happens happens and you'll coach the games that are on schedule I think that depends on how successful you've been as a head coach <laughs> so and how yeah. long you've been there so um, they at OU they valued my opinion uh, I was very much involved and in all always in the discussions and you know and what I thought of it and what would it mean for our future and how would it impact me recruiting and you know moving the program forward so I was always uh informed uh, as well as involved in the, the discussions and you know and all of that but I, I you know that's depending on where you're at, how long you've been there, you know, how successful well, you've been is how much, depends on how much the head coach is going to be involved. And ultimately, it, it you know, it lands on the shoulders of the athletic director and, and of course, more than anything, the president, you know, and the, and the moves you make. And, uh, but, you know, most are going to, you know, they're going to want the opinion of the head coach and how this, you know, the one that has to work the job, how do you feel it's going to affect you? Bob Stoops is our guest, brought to you by Modelo. Bob, I'm convinced as of about three hours ago, Oklahoma is not a Dallas Cowboy state or a Kansas City Chief state. I think they might be a Carolina Panther state now after uh, the big trade. What, what, what was your reaction to Baker Mayfield get, getting dealt to Carolina? Well, I just love it for Baker to finally have an oppor the right opportunity and uh, to be free from that entire, uh, I don't even know what to call it, um, I'm from Ohio, so I have to be careful, you know. So at the end, 
in the end, he's got another opportunity. He'll be great. He'll, he'll make the most of it. He's ready to be successful. He's healed up. You know, he's a, he's a special player. So I uh, can't wait to watch him and look forward to, you know, seeing him, seeing him out there on the field again. And, uh, you know, fortunately it's, it's happening now. He can get ready to, you know, to go into camp and, and be prepared. What were your impressions of, uh, of Matt Rule? Uh, whenever you guys uh, went up against each other, seems like everything I've ever ever seen and, and heard people say about him, just a unbelievable guy, builds a, a really good culture around his football team. Yeah, I've got nothing but nothing but respect for what Matt's done, uh, Baylor and with the Panthers. He's sharp guy, uh, awesome guy, and uh, great coach. And um, you know, I, I always say it. You know, people have track records and. In a history, and his is really strong, you know, as a football coach, and and so uh, wish him nothing but the best. And uh, I've always been impressed with him, and and uh, you know, and I'm I'm sure he'll continue to be successful. Yeah, well, uh, I I think Baker's going to do a good job there. He's he's uh, he's got some good talent around him. Going to be uh, going to be fun to watch him in a different jersey. Hey, last thing before we let you out of here. I, Wanted to ask you about the Big Twelve. You know, with with Oklahoma and Texas leaving, um, you know the the Pac twelve. Who knows what's going to happen there? Do you you like the position that they're in right now with some of the conversations that seem to be happening about maybe uh, a couple of teams from the Pac twelve joining or maybe some type of merger? Yeah, sure, it makes sense. Um, I think what'll be interesting is how uh, who has the upper hand in the whole deal or. You know, does the Pac-12 get get some to join them? So I, I don't know. You know, that'll be interesting to see how this all unfolds. Um, I, I think it's wise that they would both uh, be trying to get together to, in some degree. And, uh, you know, so, yeah, it can only help e- each conference, I would think. Yep. Uh, Going to be wild to see how all of this stuff unfolds, where it lands and what college football looks like on the other side. Coach, we appreciate the time. Have fun up there in Chicago. All right, guys. Great to be with you. Boomer Sooner. Boomer? Sooner. Yeah, we nailed it this time. Uh, It was like a terrible volley, (laughs) uh, beach volleyball, July 4th weekend, but uh, we spiked it down. was awkward, but we got it. Uh, We found our quote there with Bob talking about the, the Cleveland Browns and the Baker Mayfield situation, didn't we? Yeah. Ooh, buddy. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. Um... Ah, it's 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 interesting, and I'm happy for Baker to be out of Cleveland. I'm not from Ohio, so I can say that the front office in Cleveland has been a disaster, pretty much as as far back as I can remember on uh, on some decisions. It's just now they've 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 made some really good draft picks here recently, uh, but you know the first thing they do is. You know, when they start to get a little bit of momentum, start to have something that's that's working, they make the playoffs. First playoff win in God knows how long, and they run that quarterback out of town in pretty much the most. Can't handle success, and I can say that because I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan, but it can't handle success. <laughs> right. I like Baker that he's out of Cleveland. I like it better that he's in the NFC South. Um, I think that's a gettable division right now. Saints are good defensively, or at least they have been recently, but – they got potentially some big issues at quarterback, right? Uh, Tampa Bay is going to be really good again. They're going to push for another Super Bowl. But 
Atlanta is definitely in a rebuilding stage right now, it seems like. So I, I definitely think yeah. that there's room for Carolina to have their best season in a while and maybe push for that second-best team in the division. No, no there's there's no doubt. Um, if, if he can keep his most expensive offensive player healthy, Christian McCaffrey, maybe they can do something. But that's become a very, very large if. All right, quick timeout. More from The Rush coming up. Hour number one rolls on. Hit the text line, 651-3439. It is the Rush live on the ref. We are the home of Sooner fans. Apologies to all of you out there yesterday. We're very frustrated uh, with the ref not being on air yesterday. By God, I got to listen to Colin Cowturn on this Tuesday. <laughs> I thought I gave out the uh, the heads up that we were going to be on the air yesterday. Um, some people did not get that memo, and a lot of people were very frustrated with that. So apologies that we took another day off yesterday and apologies that you had to listen to Doug Gottlieb and uh, Colin Cowherd. I know that's not the way that everyone wanted to come back from the uh, 4th of July holiday. Yeah. Well, we promise not to do it again until next year. I think it's only fair to remain balanced and offer up a balanced perspective. Um, give a, a little, little bit from the other side. I can only imagine what, the herd had to say about USC and UCLA going to the Big Ten to play football in flyover country, not on the coast. Amazing. Yeah, he um, he didn't think it's a very big deal. I mean, you're gonna play at most what five five road games in the Big Ten. I mean, that's that's five games a year, and you know, yeah, Joe, Joe Clapp, you've seen Big Ten territory. September, October, it's beautiful there. November <laughs> might be a cold game, but that's like one or two a year. <laughs> Yeah, well. He said Ann Arbor is not Buffalo. Um, and for the most part, I would agree with that. But Ann Arbor can be Buffalo is what my takeaway was from that. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I lived in – I have a unique perspective. Lived both places. The only difference is lake effect snow you get at Buffalo. Sure. And, you know – Ann Arbor and Detroit are on uh, – maybe the the wind off the water is a little further away, but there's not much of a difference between the two. At least we didn't have to listen to Chris Brosard. Okay. <laughs> uh, North Dakota State would make it to the Big Ten before Notre Dame decided not to be independent anymore. That may be the case, but... People continuing to come after Parker with this take that uh, Notre Dame would... Or, excuse me, North Dakota State could be or would be a viable add to the Big Ten with its uh, recent football success. That did not go over well on the text line today. Really? Yeah. Really? Look at Parker (laughs) Thune stepping out there. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, that's a no. you got to remember... None of this has anything to do with how good of football teams they are. It has everything to do with what type of TV market do they represent. Right, exactly. And, you know, at this point, I mean, the Big Ten is going to get a massive deal. The SEC is going to get a massive deal. And I'm sure that Ohio State and Michigan, I'm guessing, were 
yeah, okay, it makes sense for our conference, USC, UCLA, come on down. But I know a lot of everyone around here wants to throw out Oklahoma State, like, oh, Oklahoma State could be a viable ad. Kansas could be a viable ad. But I think you get to a point, certainly with those teams, where you know what you would be asking Ohio State and Michigan to do is take less of a payout to add teams that don't necessarily bring a lot to the table. And I just don't think that once you start getting down to things, that those other schools in the Big Ten or the SEC, for that matter, are going to say, yeah, let, let's, let's split it up even more just so we can add more teams to the conference. Yeah, I, well, I don't know what's going to happen. I really don't. Um, I don't think I, I don't think the Big Ten, or excuse me, I don't think the Big Twelve is is going to dissipate. I think no, they'll be around. I think the Pac twelve, what's left of it that doesn't go to the Big Ten, whoever that might be, merges with the Big Twelve. And I'm not. I just don't feel like it's imminent that any other Pac twelve schools are going to get invited by the Big Ten. The Big Ten wants Notre Dame right now. And it seems like that's their full focus. Um, if a Pac-12 team is added, I guess it would be Oregon 1 and Washington 2, but it just doesn't feel at this point that it's imminent. So, yeah, I think the Pac-12 is on life support, and you've really got to discuss – because I don't think that there's any ads that the Pac-12 could make that could make itself relevant again. I think it's got to fold into the Big 12, do some partnership with the ACC, basically merge in with somebody else. Yeah, they did it because they did. They uh, I don't call it a study or whatever, but there was conversations with TV people what the Pac-12's number would have been with USC and UCLA, and what it's going to be now for each school without them there. And it's a it's a massive. I mean, as you would guess, it's a massive difference. No, you lose the whole and and you can't. Yeah, you can't add anyone else out there on your own without merging into someone else that to, to cut into that deficit. Yeah. Uh, I I think that that is the most realistic option, and you know, I, which I'll say this: if it was just Utah, Arizona, Arizona State, and Colorado, I still think that is great for the Big Twelve. If you were to pick up those schools, I think that's fantastic. Um, if if you know, Oregon and Washington were, in fact, going to end up going to the the Big Ten if Notre Dame doesn't join, then that just leaves you with, what, a handful of schools? It leaves you with, what, Stanford, Cal, and uh, Washington State and Oregon State? It, you know, I, I don't know. I, I'm not buying for a second, though, and I know that, you know, they're trying to do it in Oregon and Washington – but especially Oregon, I don't think it's going down that Oregon cannot go anywhere without Oregon State. I mean, we've seen firsthand that that can be talk around here for several years, but it doesn't necessarily work out that way. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how that... I'm going to guess Phil Knight steps in and says, yeah, uh, Oregon State can fend for themselves. If Oregon gets a Big Ten or an SEC vote, they'll be going alone. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't think you... I don't think you – it just doesn't seem smart, you know, because if you're talking about state institutions, is it smart to ruin one institution's opportunity at nearly $100 million a year in TV revenue 
to stay attached to another one that is a sinking ship? That doesn't seem like no, that does anyone any good. No, but, it doesn't. You know, I, I don't. Again, I don't know what's going to happen. I, I, but USC, UCLA to the Big Ten, I, I think I like. I, I don't know that it necessarily reengages Southern California in football. We'll have to see. I guess a lot of that depends on. It, it probably will. In the beginning, because it's new and there's some new matchups, and it's going to be cool to see some different fan bases come into town and to go some different places for, you know, what fans would travel. But if you don't win and you get pounded, what does it matter? Sure. And it's going to be way more difficult than what the Pac-12 has been recently. I I do find it funny, and I know that there's more reasons than just this, but, you know, USC – leaves the Pac-12. Why? Because the Pac-12 had really fallen to a level of irrelevant as a conference. Well, who's the most at fault for that? USC is, right? Right, So USC is most at fault for the current state of the Pac-12, and they're the ones that leave everyone in the dust. The Big 12, OU is holding up its end of the bargain, but Texas is very, very responsible for how the Big 12 dipped over the past decade. And they dip out under secrecy as well, just like USC did, even though they're really at fault for the current status of the Big 12. Right. But, you know, at the same – and I heard a great point this weekend is, why were we ever surprised about this? Um, Because from a business sense, doesn't it seem weird that in an entire conference – the Big 12, for example. There's 12 teams in the Big 12, but there's two teams out there, two programs, that are really bringing in the money for everyone else. They have to split – the revenue equally, Teddy, right. but there's two programs above anyone, everyone else that's bringing in more money compared to, you know, so it just from a business sense, it, this whole model never really made all that much sense. That goes for USC in the Pac-12, that goes for OU at Texas in the Big 12. It's just kind of weird that one or two is doing all the heavy lifting, but they had to share equally with teams that weren't even, you know, remotely close. Yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of a... Uh... You know, I, I feel like I feel like teams like Oklahoma and some big dogs were okay to do it because, you know, the payout stays relatively good, and you don't have a, a conference that is just so brutal that you can't make it through it year in year out. So, you're willing to pay some of these schools to be involved, you know, just because you, you can have the upper hand on them. So I don't know. It seems like. You've got to, you've really got to feed the mob to keep them interested, and they need better games right now as viewership in college football yep. seems to have slipped some. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. We'll wrap up hour number one next. Central Oklahoma Buick GMC dealers bringing you our number one of the rush live on the ref. We're the home of Sooner fans. Hey, I brought, or I bought, I should say, brought it today, bought it on Friday, my first preseason college football magazine of the year. Oh. And I had a little bit of a uh, realization on some things. You know how I roll. Sure. I'll end up buying Athlon Lindy's and Phil Steele, spend around $40, whatever. But now everyone puts up their preseason rankings all-conference list, coaches on the hot seat. They all put it on Twitter and the Internet. And once I opened my Athlon this week and I realized, hey, 
I've already seen everything that I just paid $13 for. There is no way that I'm going to buy the other two. I've already seen all the everything that they have to offer, and I got it absolutely for free. Uh, so I'm the sucker here. Yeah, sounds like possibly an end to the printed college football preseason mag, right? Uh, if they keep sharing their information for free, yes. And I spent $13 for them to tell me that OU is going to play in the Cheez-It Bowl against Miami this year and finish the season at 9-4. and four. <sighs> Does it have who they lose to? Uh, no, it says they go 6-3 and three in conference, though, and lose to Baylor in the Big 12 championship game. So they lose to Baylor in the Big 12 championship game and lose three other games in the conference. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> Colin Cowherd, oh. co-editor of Athlon Sports uh, this football season. Well, that's interesting. The nine and four Sooners. Uh, yeah. So they go six and three in Big Twelve play and make the yeah Baylor goes six and three in conference play and wins the Big Twelve this year. Baylor and OU go six and three. They're one and two. Then OSU, Texas, Kansas State, Iowa State, and West Virginia all go five and four. That leaves TCU and Tech at three and six, and KU at two and seven in conference. Wow. Well, hey, um, partial credit for not having Texas being a ten-win football team. That's stepping outside of the uh, the norm. That's pretty wild, though. Hey, uh, I do feel like this is one of those years where I think you could have Oklahoma, Baylor clear of the pack and the rest, I feel like, honestly, on a week-in, week-out basis, could beat each other. Sure. Right. Yeah. So what it'll be that, a very up and it'll be a very week to week league, I think. It, so it seems like now someone may navigate that with a good record, but doesn't necessarily mean that they're just a lot better than the rest of the crew. And that I mean that could go for Oklahoma as well. OU was preseason ranked thirteen. UTEP one oh four. Kent State eighty nine. Nebraska fifty four. Woo. Loaded, baby. Loaded schedule. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Hour number two is next.